Hello, my name is Amy Toy, the host of Angel Answers with Amy Toy. Besides being a radio show host, I'm also an intuitive counselor who provides spiritual insight into matters of the heart. Are you confused about your love life? Thinking of getting a new job? Wondering about your purpose and why you are here? I work very closely with not only the angelic realm, but also those who have crossed over to the other side. All sessions are strictly confidential. I also offer long-distance healing sessions using angelic energy. This angelic energy, also known as Integrated Energy Therapy, IET, can be done through Skype or on the phone and helps you get the issues out of the tissues. For first-time clients only, I am offering a 20% discount. You can find me online on amytoyamytoy.com, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or email me at angelicamy35 at gmail.com or simply call 727-514-7323. May the angels carry you through, and this is for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to Angel Answers with Amy Toy. I'm your host. Today we're having an interesting guest. His name is Jonathan Robinson. He's a psychotherapist, a best-selling author of 12 books, and he has been a frequent guest on Oprah and CNN. In addition, his work has been featured in USA Today and Newsweek magazine. He recently wrote a book entitled More Love, Less Conflict, and he's here with us today to talk about all things related to relationships, communication, and how to create more love in our lives and less conflict in your life. How are you doing today, Jonathan? Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Amy. I'm doing really good. Yes, and uh, you. Re- the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because a guy who talks about communication, isn't that an oxymoron? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Um, I think communication is like a, a magical ingredient that can take us to what's really most important, which is uh, sharing love with each other. Yeah, and that was a joke, by the way. I was just kidding around. But when I saw that, I'm I like, get that. I, you know, yeah. And so let's get into the book that um, More Love, Less Conflict, which um, I believe that communication is key. All women do, but we just sometimes don't know how to communicate the proper way. Um, what do you mean by a communication miracle? Well, you know, I have couples come into my office who have sometimes been arguing 20 hours a week for. 20 years, and with the right method and guidance, they can get back to a place of love within like five minutes. So I think of that as a miracle, because somehow love was blocked for all those years, and with the right method, it is uncovered, because we all want love, but we don't necessarily know how to get there consistently. That is very true. We don't know how to get there. We know what we want, but we can't get through the maze of getting there. Yeah. Well, luckily, uh, once you understand a few things and have, uh, like, three or four really helpful methods, it's pretty easy. You know, at one time we didn't know how to tie our shoes. It seemed incredibly complex. But now we do it without thinking, and it's habit. So it's the same. But most people don't even have five minutes of communication training in their life for doing something that they do all the time. So, you know, it would be like gaining a car you've never driven before. Well, if you've never driven before and you get in a car, you might end up crashing. Yeah, or if you don't know how to drive, if you're going from automatic to a stick shift, 
and you mm-hmm. don't know how to drive a stick shift, you know, you're SOL, basically, you know? Yeah, yeah. You got to learn it. You got to learn it. So you're right. And that's what people are doing. They're automatic, but when you got to learn how to drive a stick shift, anyway, that's how I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, how is your book different than your former book, Communication Miracles, Miracles for Couples? Well, I have a new appreciation of how stressed out and busy people are. So I tried to uh, include methods that could be done in under two minutes. Now, a lot of the methods can be done in under 15 seconds uh, because, you know, if you give people complicated theory or methods when they're stressed out, they won't use any of them. So uh, I, Communication Miracle sold like a million copies, and, and Oprah said it was the best book ever written on communication. But I think this one's better because it really applies to our day-to-day life now, and a lot of the methods are like just fill in two words to this sentence, you know, or say these two words and they will open up a doorway. And and those are the types of methods that I, I included in this book. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you kind of more went more in depth with this current book a little bit, maybe tweaked it a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, also I included a lot more specific simple communication methods uh, rather than a lot of theory. There's a little bit of theory, but I can probably mm-hmm. summarize the theory that everybody needs to know in about two minutes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Should I do that? That's very true. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. This <laughs> is your interview. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is actually fascinating. I, I think um, in all communication, we're looking for three things. Uh, does the person mm-hmm. care that I'm communicating mm-hmm. to? Do they understand me, and do they uh, acknowledge my feelings or give me empathy? That's what we all want, care, understanding, and empathy. And if you learn how to give those things effectively to other people, if you give them what they want, they will give you what you want, whether that be money or love or attention. So I've just found the easiest ways to give people care, understanding, empathy effectively and quickly. And uh, you get great results because most people don't know how to do this. So, you know, to other people it looks like I'm levitating, but I'm just using very simple methods. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I asked Oprah, who um, one of the times I was on her show, how she went from being so poor that she had to eat dirt for breakfast and never lived in a house that had running water to being the most loved person on the planet. And she said, it's all about showing your care, understanding, and empathy. And if you do that, good things tend to happen. Well, yeah, just seeing the person, too, sometimes acknowledging the person. We don't do that. We just kind of dismiss people. Yeah, and that's the opposite. And if you do that enough, uh, people don't like you, and things go really difficult. Uh, whether it be in your work or in your relationships. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah, it's seeing that person. So this is a different book. What makes this book different than the other books on the market on communication and relationships? I think a lot of books give you go into a lot of depth about theory and a lot of mm-hmm. intellectual information. And this is really more of a, here are the simplest methods that all the expert communicators use. You know, so I interviewed people like Oprah and the Dalai Lama and Bill Clinton and uh, when she was alive, Mother Teresa, and I always asked them, 
how do you, what's the easiest, most effective way to communicate? And these people didn't rise to the top because they're, you know, the best looking. They rose to the top because they have a way of communicating that worked really well. So um, that's the type of stuff I included because I don't think, uh, I think people know the theory to some extent, you know, but they don't necessarily know what that looks like in specific detail in modern day life. Like, you know, when somebody's angry at you, what two sentences can you say that will change it? Or when you're about to have an argument, what two words can you say that will stop that argument? And um, that's the type of stuff that I like to put in my books. Yeah, it's like you, because I think as humans, we overanalyze things. We want to make it easy. And I like you have exercises in the books, in the book, this current book that helps with that too, examples, kind of, you know, that you can use and that are practical. Yeah, I'm a very practical person. And, you know, also I, I had to learn this stuff because I used to be a horrible communicator. I was a depressed, very shy teenager. And... uh mm-hmm. Now, you know, I've reached about 200 million people around the world. That's really that I learned how to communicate well. Therefore, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to be successful in as an author, but more importantly, successful in my, in my relationships. Hmm. That's true. You'd never know that you were shy and depressed and everything. You sound pretty good to me. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, uh, once you grab onto a a method that works for you, then you have a friend for life. You know, so mm-hmm. once I found mm-hmm. some things that were simple that I could do, uh, I just mm-hmm. built upon that. That's great. That's great. That's true. That's very true. And, and build your self-confidence as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. there's different types of yeah. communication. There's communicating on, like, a radio or podcast or TV. There's mm-hmm. communication in an intimate relationship. There's communicating with your kids. There's communicating with friends. And each of them have a slightly different uh, approach or things that will make it work really well. But, you know, in intimate relationships, the key for finding intimacy is actually hidden in the word. Uh, into me see. When you reveal stuff about yourself, it opens a door for other people to reveal stuff to you. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Right. Yep. And that's, that's where a bond is created. Uh, later in the right. program, you and I can try some of these methods, and you'll see how quickly they work. Uh, in fact, on, on my website, which is uh, morelovelessconflict.com, I have a free download called the 12 Questions of Instant Intimacy. And these are 12 questions you can ask your mate or even a friend or a stranger, and they always lead to like a deep conversation. Um, And I think nowadays we need these types of things because, you know, we have these... um, all these distractions, I call them uh, WMDs, not, not weapons of mass destruction, but widgets of mass distraction that keep us from the love and connection that we're really wanting. That is so cool. I like that acronym. That's so apropos. So apropos. Um, especially with the next question I'm going to ask you. Mm-hmm. I heard you were on the TV show Geraldo while wow, yeah. back in the day with Donald Trump when you were promoting your previous book in the late 1990s, what was your interaction with him like? 
Um, contentious. <laughs> what happened was uh, he, he was getting his makeup done, and he was complaining about the makeup artist. And I was getting, uh, ready to get my makeup done. I was next. And uh, so finally, you know, he gets his makeup done, and he turns around and sees me there. And he says, uh, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm waiting to get my makeup done. And with mm-hmm. the makeup artist right there, he says, you shouldn't even bother. She's horrible. She's the worst I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I said, what flew out of my mouth was, well, you didn't give her much to work with. <laughs> and he said, uh, screw you, but not quite so in nice language. And uh, I said, well, putting people down is not the best way to get good work out of them. So that was our interaction. But, you know, um, his style of communication did get him to be successful in the New York real estate business. And it even led to him being president. But the the method of the way you communicate that might lead to one success in one area of life is not likely to lead to success in other areas unless you improve your skills. So from what I hear, Melania and him don't even talk at all, and they live in separate yeah. bedrooms. And uh-huh. although he did become president, he... Um, he does have 60% of the nation that really dislikes him. So uh, it would be good whether uh, you're Donald Trump or you're someone else to learn new ways of communicating that would not create so much animosity. Yeah, well, I'm I'm part of the 60% can't stomach the guy, but hey, that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I think... Um, in this culture, we've all been taught to blame, complain, and shame other people, and he's very good at that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that does not lead to love. Um, and if you want to have love in your life, you know, according to Donald Trump, he does not have a single friend in the world. That's according to him, and that includes his wife. So you know, if you can, you might be president. But if you're miserable, uh, you really haven't achieved that much. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I call him Donald Grump because he's a grump. <laughs> anyway, um, it's not the that's the best name I call him. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> enough said. <laughs> Waste enough energy on that trip. Um, can you give us another example of a couple of the of a couple of the methods that you describe in your book? Yeah, well, in fact, uh, you and I can use a couple together now if you're okay with that, and uh, mm-hmm. well, your listeners can then see what they're like, or you know, what a couple of the fifty methods in the book are like. Um, the first one, uh, the background to this is that I read in some studies that the best predictor of how happy a couple is, is the number of appreciations they give to each other. It also Mm -hmm. happens to be the best predictor of how happy employees are at a a company. So, you know, to make sure that I 
tell my wife something I appreciate about her every day, I actually have Siri on my iPhone remind me to do this because I don't want to miss a day. Um, you know, I'm embarrassed to admit that, but uh, that that keeps us appreciating each other. But, you know, we don't know each other very long, Amy, but already there's, thing, like, I've noticed something that I appreciate about you is that you're um, very real and yourself. You know, some people who do these interviews, they, like, have a, a show personality. But you're, like Amy, you're curious, and you are just yourself, and that makes me feel more at ease, and I like that. So Thank you. When, when people say sincere appreciations, it creates a little bit of a bond, and that always feels mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, another thing we can do together is you can, like, complete the sentence, if you really knew me, you would know blank. So in my case, Amy, if you really knew me, you would know that um, um, I've always been very intellectual, and now I'm working on opening my heart more and more to people. And it feels like, uh, so now I experience a lot of love in my life, and it's very invigorating and also very scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you, you try the sentence. If you really knew me, you would know. If you really knew me, you would know that I'm working on uh, my self-worth, which mm-hmm. is very difficult at times since I still struggle with not being worthy or deserving of the good things in my life. And I feel very weird at times and uneasy when good things come to me. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that whole exercise took a minute, but I feel like I already have more of a sense of who Amy is. You probably have more of a sense of me. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, if we did that five times, we'd learn a lot about each other. So it need not take a lot of time, and uh, that's good because in this day and age we need, you know, quick ways to get to a place of intimacy. And, you know, having a thousand Facebook friends doesn't really equal one really good friend. And it's hard to find that intimacy in texting or email, but our heart craves it, so it's really important that we get there. I agree. I agree. I agree with you. That's very true. And um, for me personally, I don't add too many people to my personal Facebook page if I don't really feel I know them. It's really Mm -hmm. hard. I just have something about that because I just have different things on my Facebook page that are intimate to me and some of my friends. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I take it seriously. Uh, People are like, really? You only have so many of these? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh Uh-huh. Right. So. So... With the divorce rate almost reaching 50% of all married couples, why do you think so many couples are having a hard time nowadays? What's your opinion on that? Because I'm divorced, too. It's been five years, six years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I think um, that life is more and more stressful, and mm-hmm. people don't necessarily know how to communicate when they're stressed out. You know, it often goes badly. And, you know, the divorce rate for second marriages is worse than first marriages, and the divorce rate for third marriages is worse than second marriages. So people don't necessarily learn how to communicate through practice. 
you know, they just blame and blame never works. Never once when I've blamed my wife about what she's doing wrong has she then said something like, uh, oh, yeah, now I see what you're talking about. Thank you for showing me the errors of my ways. You know, that I'm zero for 100 on that one. So um, if you only know how to uh, blame and complain and shame people, then uh, things aren't going to go well. But most people don't know the language that really leads to love and connectedness. Uh, It's not taught in this culture, and most people have not even studied communication for 10 minutes, much less 10 hours. So the good news, though, is that if you study communication for an hour through a book or a course or whatever, you will know more about communication than 99.9% of humanity. And it kind of gives you a superpower because now you can create love and understanding wherever you go. You know, my friends like to have me around because they say wherever you go – you create love and understanding. Well, it's not that I'm that great of a guy. I'm not. But I just happen, if you're the only person who has a helicopter and can fly, uh, you look pretty good to the people who can't do that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's so true. Definitely. Yeah, like, I took a course in nonviolent communication, which I don't uh-huh. really care for, but I really didn't resonate with me. But at least I was trying. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, uh, I knew Marshall Rosenberg, the the leader of that, and I think it's good stuff. The problem with it, though, is I think it's way too complicated, and Mm -hmm. therefore people don't really know how to use it. So um, I agree with his theories uh, as to Mm -hmm. what makes for good communication and bad communication, but I think um, in the More Love, Less Conflict book, I took his complicated... Uh, methods and and tried to get them so ridiculously simple that even somebody who's livid could use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like for example, Definitely. my wife and I used to argue a lot in, when we married twenty years ago, but we haven't had argument for five years. And wow. people ask, "Well, how'd you do that?" Well, we use two words. Two words. So we never have an argument. And um, the two words are red light. And red light is something that either of us can say when we're starting to get a little upset at each other. And what happens in arguments is you start getting a little upset and then a momentum develops. And soon uh, you're speaking in a way that's hurting the other person and they hurt you back and it goes downhill. So when either of us say the words red light, that's a signal that we have to take a two-minute timeout and not speak at all and just calm down. Mm-hmm. And by the time the two minutes is up, we're more rational. We're not feeding off of a momentum of upset, and we're able to work things out. So you know, little things like this can make a huge difference in a marriage or even in a business. Hmm. That's true because sometimes when a client gets mad at me, or it's like you can tell this, the conversation's getting a little heated. It's like, okay, let's just calm down, or if you want to call me back, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. 
because it's just better to defuse the bomb before it goes off. Exactly. Once you said a bunch of hurtful things, it's not like you can erase them. You know, they're out there. Yeah. 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 I learned that through my childhood, believe me. I saw a lot of violent communication. Mm-hmm. As a psychotherapist, yeah. yeah, as a psychotherapist, you see a lot of couples in counseling. What is the most common issue you see over and over again come up with them in, in your sessions with them? Well, there's really only two issues in a in a broad way of looking at. There's um, people get lost in blame, and I say blame never works to solve anything, so it's a shame that that's what people's go-to. And the other thing is that they don't really understand each other very well. I never have couples come into my office and say, Jonathan, we really understand each other quite well. That's why we want a divorce. You know, that doesn't happen. Um, so my job is to help them to speak without blame and help them to understand their partner. Because if you understand your partner, they'll feel understood. And if they feel understood, they'll probably be a lot more loving to you. Mm-hmm. But in terms of specific issues, the specific issues people bring in are usually have to do with uh, money, sex, or parenting. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, that's what killed my marriage, money and sex. <laughs> uh-huh. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, when you're dealing with difficult things, it really helps to understand your partner's thinking, what their feelings are, for them to understand yours, and then to have very precise strategies for working out conflict. Uh, once again, yelling is not a precise strategy that is effective. Uh, blame isn't either, but there are methods for doing so that are relatively simple. What was that? You're either going to decide to stay married or you're going to decide to divorce. And I had already decided to divorce, so. Uh-huh. Well, sometimes that's the uh, best decision. Um, but, you know, people often ask me, what if my partner's not uh, into learning about communication? Well, it takes two people to tango or to dance. Mm-hmm. But if you have one really good communicator in a relationship, that you know, and that takes some practice. Um, that kind of forces the other partner to communicate better. You know, if mm-hmm. I ask you a a really good question, you're going to answer that question. That that's better communication. So, uh, mm-hmm. I think that sometimes you can't always get a partner into therapy, but if you alter your own communication, it does force them to change as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It was just interesting going through that process of a year and um, learning about different things. And um, I was at a different place when we got married than when we got divorced. So, mm-hmm. yeah. very much so. Yeah, and sometimes that happens. He stayed where he was at, and I was moving past him. So, anyway. right. I'm sorry, you're just bringing up some stuff here. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Used by my example. Um, uh huh. What is one thing couples can do to quickly improve the quality of their relationship? Well, if you can consistently give appreciations, that will help. Mm -hmm. And if you can Mm -hmm. consistently 
help your partner to feel understood, especially understanding their feelings, that will help. Now, those are skills. They're skills that don't have to take long. I've seen people learn it in 10 minutes. But they're very precise skills. You know, Oprah, all she does is she gives people empathy. And that led to her being, you know, a multi-billionaire who's the most loved person on the planet. So, uh, and, you know, what does she do? She listens very carefully. She says, uh-huh, or wow, or man, that must have been really difficult. You know, this isn't rocket science. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you don't do it, uh, you are likely to miss out on forming deep connections. So I think um, learning the basics is, is really uh, a worthwhile investment. And the good news is most people don't do that. And I call that good news because you're competing with all of them, and they know nothing. So even if you know 20 minutes of useful information, it's going to look like you're, you're amazing. Hmm. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. And uh, speaking of relationships, how long have you been married? And do you and your wife have an easy now conflict relationship? You mentioned you haven't had a fight in five years. How did you accomplish that? Well, um, there's some simple things in the book, like knowing each other's triggers and talking about that, or knowing your triggers mm-hmm. and trying to avoid those landmines. Uh, I mentioned about the red light method, where if we're getting a little heated, we we simply take a two-minute break uh, to calm mm-hmm. down. Um, but the more we've learned to be curious and understand each other, that has really helped as well. Uh, Curiosity is often the the cure for conflict. Uh, and then also, you know, just feeling grateful for each other. You know, that's a very powerful tonic. In fact, I mm-hmm. kind of have a funny story. I um, had a friend who came back from India, and he said that he learned this magical mantra that helped him to feel overwhelming gratitude towards his wife. I asked him, well, would you tell me what this mantra is? And he said, no, you're going to have to get it from the guru yourself, which kind of pissed me off, but okay. So I I traveled to India. You know, it's a big trip. It's 18,000 miles away. And then once you're there, have you ever been to India, Amy? No, but I know people that it takes 20, 22 hours, depending where you're in the world, flying there. But I'm going to get there. I am getting there one day. Yeah. And then once you're there, you got to take a rickshaw through polluted cities. And, and then I got to the ashram. I had to wait in line for about six hours. Finally, I get a chance to talk to the guru. I'm jet-lagged and worn out. And mm-hmm. I say, you know, I hear you have this magical mantra. It helps me to feel grateful for, you know, my wife and family. And in an Indian accent, he says, Ah, yes, my mantra is the most powerful mantra on earth. And he leans in to whisper into my ear. I'm very excited. And he says, uh, Whenever possible, repeat the following words. The mantra I give you are the words, Thank you. I look at him and I say, that's it? I traveled 18,000 miles to get thank you, that's it? And he looks me in the eye and says, no, 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 
that's it is the mantra you have been using, and that makes you feel like you never have enough. My mantra is thank you, not that's it. That's it will take you nowhere. <laughs> so I was pretty pissed off and disappointed. But uh, so I, I looked at him and I said, well, in a snotty tone, I said, well, thank you. And he looked at me and just kind of reflected that back. He said, thank you is not the mantra. You must say it from your heart many times a day. So when you see your uh, wife in the morning, say internally, thank you. And when you see your child or your pet, say thank you from your heart. And soon you will feel overwhelming gratitude. So I did what he said, not thinking that would work. But um, I would just say that internally when I saw my partner or uh, my kids, and and they really sensed that I was feeling grateful for them, and things really uh, made a difference. I love it. That's great. That is true, the attitude of gratitude. Thank you. Huh? <laughs> That's a good story. That's cute. Um. What one final piece of advice do you have for people wanting to improve any of their relationships? Well, think of it as a skill. You know, if we, um, mm-hmm. if you drove a car and you never had practiced it, it would be likely that you would crash. And mm-hmm. so even an hour of driver instruction would probably prevent you from crashing. And I think it's mm-hmm. the same in relationships that, Learning an hour or, or more of specific communication methods can keep you from crashing. So not only is it an investment in your relationship, but it's an investment really for all the people you love because you model a certain form of communication for your kids and you model it for your coworkers. So I would say invest in yourself and... Um, learn what really leads to more love and less conflict and, and then enjoy the fruits of that because that, uh, that love is so important nowadays. A lot of us are, are lonely and uh, hungry for love and don't realize that it's a lot closer than we think uh, if we know how to get there. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's that's very true. Wow, I'm, you got you gave me a lot to think about today. Good, and yeah, I have about. these uh, twelve questions of instant intimacy on my website, uh, morelovelessconflict.com, and they can download that for free. And mm-hmm. um, you know, play with this stuff. For me, it's like like toys that I can now play with and create joy and connection with not just my wife and friends, but even with, like, the person sitting next to me on the plane. Mm-hmm. Hmm. True. True. Very true. Very true. And um, getting into more text and email, since that's what we have today, what suggestions do you have for improving communication that is not face-to-face? Well, you know, text and email are more superficial forms of communication, so, and they mm-hmm. often lead to misunderstandings. But one thing you can do mm-hmm. is it's really hard to know somebody's feelings in text and email. So sometimes I'll say, I just want you to know what's really going on with me now as I write this is, and what I'm really feeling is. 
and then I, I you know fill in the blanks because that that you might think you're getting that across, but you probably are not. And if you write it out in in black and white, it really helps. So um, saying what you're really feeling, saying what you're really wanting, is a way to make your texts and emails a little bit uh, better in terms of quality. Okay. That's a good suggestion. That really is because we live in a digital world, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And another thing is to occasionally put down your uh, smartphone and, and connect with somebody in person because uh, a real heart-to-heart connection in person is is uh, what most feeds the soul. That is very true, and sometimes I call my smartphone my dumb phone. It makes me dumb because <laughs> I don't know how social skills. You do. You, you lack social skills uh, if you're on your, your phone all day or on the laptop or whatever. Sometimes it's just good to shut the damn thing off. In my yeah, opinion, yeah. Well, sometimes that's what's necessary, and uh, uh, also you know, learning how to use email and texting in a way that has a little bit more depth. Right. All right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what are the main obstacles to people having better communication? Yeah, I think the number one obstacle is that people think that they're good communicators. Uh, meaning they think that, well, I know how to communicate. It's my partner that doesn't know how to communicate. Um, but you can always get better. And the way to know if you're a great communicator is ask your friends and partner how good you are. And, or how much do you uh, create a, a uh, ball of love around you. You know, my, my dog's a great communicator. Wherever she goes, everybody loves her and she loves everybody. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she, she has mastered dog communication. Um, so uh, how much do your kids, your friends, your coworkers love being around you because they want to tap into the love? Uh, if you think it could be better, then then I think there's always room for improvement. Uh, so I think thinking that you know or thinking that somebody else needs to work on their communication is the biggest obstacle because that's really just a form of blame. Mm. I agree with you. I think there's always room for improvement in any area of our lives, especially communication. And, you know, a lot of areas, if you want to improve, it might take, years. You know, if you mm-hmm. want to get a degree, that can take years. If you want to, uh, I don't know, uh, learn a certain, you know, trade, that can take years. But I've seen people literally improve their communication skills a thousand percent in 15 minutes just by knowing a couple of very simple skills. So it's it's probably the skill that requires the least amount of of study that leads to the greatest return on investment. That's, yeah. yeah, especially with your your book. It's very uh, it's very simple, but it's very logical and practical, too, with the exercise. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. human beings are the same everywhere. You know, if you you just have to learn what, what feeds them and what, what closes down their heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What makes people tick? It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, how can couples avoid having arguments? 
Well, besides the uh, method I talked about earlier, um, asking questions as to why they feel the way they do. So, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll, you know, say, oh, I'm confused here. I don't know why uh, you think that. Like, for example, uh, I was talking to this uh, uh, Trump supporter on the plane. You know, I, I did not mm-hmm. vote for Trump. So, you know, normally there'd be an argument, why do you, you know, and, and you see the polarization that's happened in our nation. Uh, nobody's really listening to each other and everybody's yelling. Well, that doesn't do anything. So um, I asked a bunch of questions, and this person felt really understood. She assumed I was a Trump supporter. And I said, oh, oh I see, you know, like that. And I, and, uh, I gained her trust. And then I said, would you like to know why I didn't vote for him? And she was then really curious. And I explained. And by the end of it, she was no longer a Trump supporter. I'd actually changed her opinion, which is not easy to do. But the basis of it, the reason we weren't having an argument, was because she felt really like I had gotten her. I had listened. I had understood and that opened the door for her understanding my point of view, which in this case actually changed her view. So um, I think couples argue because they don't understand each other at a deep level. No, they don't. No, they don't. And uh, I'm not a Trump supporter, so you don't have to convert me right now. <laughs> right. I'm being honest. In the book, you just you describe discuss the power of nonverbal communication, such as touch and reading nonverbal cues. Can you discuss that with us? Like, how do you t- tune into that? I mean, which is interesting because body language is the biggest indicator of things. Correct? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and that's one of the problems with email and texting is that you don't get the nonverbal cues. Um, so I have some very simple methods. I mean, some as simple as, like, just hold your partner's hand, you know, because touch is really important to human beings. And mm-hmm. uh, then I have some more complicated methods or some more, like, in a way, esoteric methods, like breathing together puts you on the same wavelength. But, you mm-hmm. know, we're always looking to nonverbal communication to see what something means. Like, if I say uh, to you, Amy... Gee, Amy, I'm just so excited to do this interview. You know, you're just like the absolute best interviewer and couldn't be more thrilled to be here. You know, you're not listening to my words. You're listening to my tone of voice. Right. And my tone of voice is kind of like sarcastic and and dull. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. would tend to uh, be very impacted by that. So knowing the impact of one's voice tone and body position is key to successful communication. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are you being sarcastic no, when you said that? Uh, <laughs> well, I was being sarcastic. You know. uh, now, I could also do it the opposite way. I could, I could say hurtful words mm-hmm. in a way that actually would help would you would know that I really care about your life. I said, uh, 
Hey, Amy, you idiot, you imbecile, how you been? Now, I'm calling you an idiot and imbecile, but my tone of voice is showing, like, I missed you. Mm -hmm. So our tone of voice has a huge impact on how we interpret what people say, and most people are very unaware of that. And you're not an idiot or an imbecile, you know, I just... (laughs) I know that. I know (laughs) that. Yeah, no, it's it's like, uh, you know, when I talk to my one cat, he's a big cat, you know, I could say, hey, fat ass, and he, you know, and I'm all happy, and he'll come over, and I'm like, I just called you a fat ass, you know? Yeah, right, right. Um, But he's going by the tone of my voice. One of these days, she's going to, you know, just turn the other way and go, I I heard, though, I understood that word. No, she won't do that. No, no, actually, you know, yeah. But it's just, I've done that with my pets and see what they react. It's kind of funny. Yeah. What effect do you think smartphones have had on our communication skills or lack thereof? I think they have convinced us that we're communicating when we're really not. We're just sharing information. You know, there's three levels of communication. There's uh, information, you know, like the weather is this and I'll meet you Mm -hmm. at 3 o'clock on Thursday. That's the most superficial type of communication. Then there's the communication of talking about feelings and understanding people. That's a deeper level and more satisfying. And then there's an even deeper level, which is um, talking about what's happening right now between people. So, uh, you know, if I say, well, right now I'm feeling... uh, really good that you seem curious about this stuff and um, that makes me really happy. Well, that's a, a, a level of communication that people rarely do, but it tends to be the most intimate. Mm, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Hmm. Definitely everyone should get your book, but we'll we'll say that to the closing. <laughs> If they're interested, I'm sure they will be. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes for people you've interviewed, such as Oprah or Dalai Lama, that makes them great communicators? We talked about Oprah being em- empathetic, but what about the, the Dalai Lama? Uh, well, I, I've interviewed Oprah, Dalai Lama, also Bill Clinton, and all of them made you feel like you were the only person on Earth. You know, like you were just completely mm-hmm. fascinating. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize how rarely I'd had that experience until I talked to them. Now, those are pretty powerful, interesting people. So the fact that they're, like, riveted by what you're saying is incredibly acknowledging. And um, they all gave em- empathy. So, you know, when I was talking about something difficult, they all really seemed to feel my pain. And when I was talking about mm-hmm. something uh more that was happy they felt really happy so it was kind of like that feedback loop of of magnifying what i was feeling i felt like they really got me and uh if you never talk to somebody who's done that it's really amazing and mm-hmm. and really healing and that's something that you can learn to do. You don't, you know, need to be world famous. But if you do learn it, you might end up being world famous because it's kind of like 
having a superpower. You know, if you levitate six inches off the ground, people don't say, well, why can't you fly? You're the only person that can do it. So, you know, it looks pretty good. And uh, I've noticed that people who are very successful and well-loved seem to all have that skill of making people feel really heard and important. Mm-hmm. That's true. It is. You know, you, um, yeah, you want to make them like Oprah said, you want to make, you want to see them. I remember she was on her, her show, um, on the station, oh, you know, own, um, masterclass. She said that mm-hmm. make people feel seen and yeah. validated. And that's, that is very true. Very true. Yep. In real estate, there's a saying that people are looking for location, location, location. In communication, communication, what are people really looking for, in your opinion? Well, if I was going to put in one word, I would probably say understanding, understanding, understanding. But you could also use the word empathy. Um, So uh, I think that's what people are looking for. And if you learn how to give people that, which can often be done in like 10 seconds, um, if you give people what they want, they'll give you what you want. So it gives you a lot of power with people when you learn how to give them what they most want. Hmm. That's true. That's very true. That is very true. Oh, here's a question for you. Uh Oh. Is there a simple technique can, that can help a person deal with a difficult or highly upset person or peoples? And I grew up with a father like this, so uh-huh. your, how do you put somebody uh, that's like that, that kind of personality? Well, when you give people empathy and understanding, it tends to calm them down. I, I'll share with you a funny story. I um, A few months ago, I was at the airport and I had arrived late, and they won't take your bags unless you're there 30 minutes before. Well, I was next in line, and it was about 32 minutes before my plane flight. But unfortunately, the one uh, ticket agent was arguing with a customer. So uh, I think, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my flight because these people can't work it out. So I go up to them, and I, I go to the guy who's yelling at the ticket agent, and I say, what's the problem? And he says, quote, this bitch canceled my flight, and she's not willing to lift a finger to do anything about it. Mm. Now, I, I could have corrected him and said, well, she's not a bitch, and I'm sure she didn't cancel your flight, and your yelling isn't going to do any good. But that wouldn't mm-hmm. have helped. So I looked at him, and I said, it sounds like you've been screwed. You must feel livid. And he said, exactly. See, I gave him understanding. That was his reality. And I gave him uh, empathy for what he was feeling. And then I said, would you mind if I uh, check in my bags in front of you because my flight's leaving in 30 minutes? And this guy who was literally screaming at this woman a minute before said, oh, of course, I'm so sorry. Sure, take as much time as you need. Because I've given him what he wanted, he was more than happy to give me what I wanted. So I don't, when I deal with difficult people, I just give them what 
they're needing, which is empathy and understanding, and soon they become like like pussycats. They're they're more than helpful in every way possible. So uh, okay. that's a trick that can make it so you never have to deal with a difficult person for more than about twenty seconds. I like that. If my father was still alive, I would try that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's no longer around because of his high blood pressure. Because he was <laughs> right, a right. But it's oh, amazing how quickly you can turn people around when they feel understood mm-hmm. and they're gaining empathy for what their reality is. Yes, exactly. Instead of fighting with them, just put them at, at ease, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Why should people invest time and energy in improving their communication skills? Well... I think communication is the key to good relationships, and good relationships are the key to happiness. But it's also that good communication seems to be the number two most important factor in how much money you make. So the number one is how many years you go to college. But number two is how well you get along with uh, people you work with. And so whether it be in romantic relationships or parent or uh, business, it's the one skill where the return on investment for your time is like a, a thousand to one. You know, you put in 15 minutes, it can make a huge difference. So I don't think there's any other skill that is that impactful. Uh, also, you know, I think it's really the best gift you can give to your friends and family. You know, we all want our kids to be happy, but Mm -hmm. if they don't have good role models for communication, that probably won't happen. Uh, Same with, you know, your coworkers. You spend a lot of time at work. A lot of that Mm -hmm. is probably dysfunctional. But if you learn how to um, give people what they want, they'll give you what you want. It all goes a lot more smoothly. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And finally, do men and women com- com- communicate differently? If so, how? Uh, they do. Uh, now, these are gross generalizations, you know, because all some men are actually very female or feminine in their communication, some women very masculine. But in general, women tend to want empathy even more, and they develop their relationships by not talking so linearly, but more talking about their feelings. Whereas men tend to be more result-oriented in their communication. Now, if you want to mm-hmm. be able to talk effectively to a woman, you want to be able to talk their language. If you want to effectively talk to a man, you want to be able to talk their language. So uh, luckily, you know, I speak both languages, <laughs> so to speak, and... and um, therefore can more easily get the experience that I want. The other thing is that uh, men often try to fix women, and women hate that. What they want Mm -hmm. is empathy. So when men learn that women really don't want to be fixed, that helps. And men, um, or women can learn that men want... Uh, praise, that they react much better to praise than they do to complaining. Uh, you can actually get a man to do a lot of what you want him to do by you know, successfully praising him as he moves towards the target that you, you want. 
because uh, men want to okay. be a hero, and when you praise mm-hmm. them, they they feel like they are being a little bit of a hero. Okay, that's very true. Bringing some positivity in it instead of negativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very yeah. True. And it feels better. Um, it yes, exactly. It's yeah. That's that's positivity. So, um. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And once again, your book is called More Love, Less Conflict, a communication playbook for couples. And we can find this book on Amazon. And what's your site again, Dr. Robinson? Well, the the site is just morelovelessconflict.com. And people can uh, read the first chapter, download the 12 questions of instant intimacy for free, and, and, of course, buy the book as well. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on today. It was a very enlightening conversation. You helped me, and I'm going to read the book over again. So thank you for coming on today. My pleasure. And this is Amy Toy for Angel Answers with Amy Toy. Uh, May the angels carry you through until next time. Take care. Well, that was fun. Yes. Thank you for coming on. It was very enlightening. It was really good. I'm glad I had you on the show. I liked I saw the book and I'm like, you got, I got to have you on. I'm trying to <laughs> get into more subjects, you know, more diversity. Um, yeah, yeah. The other subjects I have, yeah, communication and how, you know, relationships and that. So, thank you. So, keep me abreast and apprised of any other books that come on. You're always welcome on the show. Okay. Well, thank you, Amy. You have a great day. Thank you. Take you care. too. Goodbye. Bye.